Hey friends, welcome to the Thrive Like a Parent podcast. You know those parents who look like they've got it all together? Yep, that's not me. I'm Dr. Brooke Weinstein, mom, widow, and neuroscience expert on all things sensory and emotional regulation. Yep, that's right. I'm here to get down and dirty on the truth behind parenting, education, burnout, neuroscience, widowhood, and the shit show we call life. So come join me for conversations with thought leaders, doctors, and women just like you who aren't afraid to speak the truth and help you find that silver lining between the to-do lists, shit shows, and chaos of parenthood. If you are craving the answers to finally find that sweet spot between chaos and calm, pull up a seat and listen in as I take you from burnt out and surviving to finally thriving. Welcome to another episode of Thrive Like a Parent podcast. I'm actually super excited to talk to you today about the myths of gentle parenting and conscious parenting because what I do and what I teach is slightly different and I believe it's so crucially important for you to understand the difference and understand even why I feel that there are differences between the neurosensory-based parenting method that I teach versus principles of gentle parenting and conscious parenting. Yeah. So let's kind of dive deep into what conscious parenting is and gentle parenting first and foremost. Okay. So I have kind of pulled up a little bit of a explanation for you. Okay. So conscious parenting is about letting go of a parent's ego, right? That's what they're saying. This is it's desires and attachment. Instead of forcing behavior on children, parents should focus on their own language, their expectations, and knowing how to do things in a sense of care, consistency, choices, and consequences. That is wonderful. Okay. Like those principles, those ideals, those, they call it the four C's, all of that's awesome. Okay. And I've read a lot of books on this, but what it doesn't dive into is how it's okay to have hard days, how it's okay to not even understand how to let go of that quote ego. Like that's not so easy to do when maybe you haven't done a ton of emotional and deep work on yourself. And then all of a sudden you're a parent and then you're like, oh, you're supposed to be like a gentle parent and a conscious parent and a this parent. It's like, cool. But like, I don't even know what it means to be a parent. Like, I don't even know, like, like my boob is on fire and I, 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 like, I need that nipple cream. Like, what do you mean? I need to be a conscious parent. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Right? Like it is hard for us as parents to step in and be like, okay, not only am I a parent, but now I have the world telling me I need to do X, Y, Z. And then if we choose to go this route, or if we choose to do the care and consistency and choices and concept, like all this kind of stuff, then are you on the same page as your partner? Right. And if you're not, then that's going to cause a lot of effing struggle. Now I say this a lot, but you have to understand that a male versus a female brain is slightly different. A female brain we have part of our brain that is larger, which is the emotional side, okay? There's a little bit more oomph or more fluency in that area. So maybe something like conscious parenting speaks to us because maybe you've gone to a therapist all of your life and you understand this deep, dark work of how to 
peel the layers of the onion back, let's say, yeah, and figure out how to release that ego and the desires and the attachment and all these different things. But if you've never done that, it's going to be super hard to do it right off the bat, right? And again, the male brain has a larger fluency portion of the brain, which is the logic brain, black and white. So what do you think of when you think of that? Consequences and nope, you're going to do it this way or that way, or we need to do this or that. And so I find that, to be honest with you, conscious parenting, while wonderful, okay, I'm not knocking any of this and saying this is all bullshit, this is all not great stuff. Like there's wonderful principles within conscious parenting and gentle parenting. And I believe that at the core of it, we're all trying to do the same thing, which is be kinder, more gentle and nice to our children and allow them to have emotions. Like that's what we're getting down to. But this is more of a this is how we, as a parent, this is how we should act and we need to be able to get it together and show up X, Y, Z way. And I personally believe that that is not only a recipe for a disaster, but it's exhausting because a lot of what happens is guilting and shaming yourself when you don't show up this way. Yeah. Now I want to tap in a little bit and explain to you what the quote definition or principles are of gentle parenting because I all kind of think it relates. Yeah. It says gentle parenting is an evidence-based approach to raising happy, confident children. This parenting style is composed of four main elements, empathy, respect, understanding, and boundaries. Love the boundaries, love the understanding, love the respect and empathy, like love that, and focuses on fostering the qualities you want in your child by being compassionate and enforcing consistent boundaries. Now, that sounds great. Like, all of this sounds fantastic, okay? Like, no joke, it does. I'm not saying it doesn't. But what happens when you don't understand your child's brain and you don't understand your brain and you're all going haywire and you don't know how to support your child from the neuro lens, okay? If you are showing up to the party and, and being so wonderful, I like, thank you for sharing. Oh, that's what you... Oh, thank you. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, yes. Like we're doing the gentle. We're doing the conscious. We're doing the lack of ego. We're doing it all. And they're like smacking you f like straight in the face. No, I can't tell you the amount of times that I've had parents come to me and they have adopted principles of conscious parenting and gentle parenting. And what's happening is they're not doing the boundary piece because they feel that it's either harsh or they feel that they're hurting their child or they feel that their child will lose that lack of self-esteem or confidence or all the different things. Yeah. I'm going to tell you about one of my clients in the past. And if you're listening, I love you. And that's why I'm speaking about you. She came to me and her son was absolutely running the household. Okay. And she was so determined to do this right. And she was like, she's a freaking badass. Like she had gone above and beyond to be so conscious and so aware and so empathetic to her son's feelings. And she would go above and beyond to support him that what happened was he, like I said, was running the household and she would find him like smashing picture frames or this or that. And then there'd be glass on the floor and he would want her to step on them and things like that because he was wanting to see how much he could humanly possibly get away with, right? And so sometimes when we allow our children to 
we lean in and we let them be and all this stuff. Like that works for some kids, some, but not all children. And that is the point of all these myths behind gentle parenting and conscious parenting. And it's, yes, it's the way to do things and, and to feel like we are so connected with our children, but there's a huge but. The myth is that it works for every child. It does not. It does not work for every child. Those principles can be utilized and used, but we first and foremost have to understand how our child's brain ticks. So for this particular client of mine, we discussed, and I looked at his sensory profile and I said, okay, well, he's seeking here and he's avoiding there and he's getting dysregulated here and he's getting overstimulated there. And this is what's going on. And we need to hold these boundaries. Yes, we still do boundaries consistently within what we do, right? But we have to understand how our child ticks. Okay. I cannot say that enough. Like if you don't know what is going on with your child and you are seeking out all the answers from teachers and educators and doctors and clinicians and psychiatrists and pediatricians, they don't live in your home. Like they don't know. They don't know the best and worst version of your child. They only know maybe snippets snippets of what is going on as well as what you tell them. Okay. I have also so many parents who come to me and they say that their child is acting out at school, right? Or also acting out at home. And so they take the advice of the teacher and the educators. Now I am so pro-education, like love all of you teachers. I can't say enough wonderful things. I think that we are in the state of the world, like completely ripping them apart and saying they're doing everything wrong and XYZ. Like there are good educators. And I fully believe if you're still in the education system and you've made it through this storm right now, more power to you and we should be supporting you even more. That means that you care and that means that you truly love our children. Okay. So I'm not saying to not trust your teacher or educator or provider, anyone's opinion, right? But if Someone immediately is saying, yep, I think this is going on. I think they have ADD. I think we need to get them diagnosed. I think we need to get them on medication. I think we need to do X, Y, and Z. Okay. Well, what, what happened to gentle parenting and, and conscious parenting? What, what happened to the empathy and the this? Like what happened, right? Like why, why can't we continue with that? Like you can, you can. But I think the breakdown is that our educators and the world, right? You know that I personally feel what I'm teaching and the type and style of parenting that I'm teaching is different from gentle and conscious parenting. It has so many of those principles, but the foundation of it is the brain. The foundation of it is understanding your child's brain. And so if you're listening to this right now and you've had struggles with one of your children or the best way I can describe it is a lot of parents either come to me who are A, burnt out, exhausted, depleted, and need to learn how to regulate themselves. Maybe you yourself didn't recognize that you have some dysregulation sensitivity and sensory sensitivity going on within your body. And so I help you understand how to regulate your own nervous system. But what you get is so much more because I'm a one-stop shop in terms of helping you understand how to regulate your own body and then saying, oh my gosh, this feels so good. How do I teach this to my kids? And the same method I use on you is the same method I teach you to become the expert to then teach your children how to regulate themselves. So parenting, relationships, 
human interactions should all stem from sensory and emotional regulation. Everything, all that we do. Yeah. The parenting style of being kind and gentle and all of that stuff. Yes. Like love those things. But the myth is that it's an actual form of parenting because it's, it's beautiful language, right? And it's losing our ego and it's empathy and, but it doesn't get down to the core, which is our brain. Yeah. Like brain wins out all the time, all day long, because if you understand how your child's brain ticks, you've got data, you've got tangible evidence of what is going on. Okay. I'm going to give you an example, right? So let's say you are about to go to a play date and your kiddo is just completely melting down. They don't want to get in the car. They are hysterical. You finally pick them up, throw them in the car, kind of hold them back to place the seatbelt on them to get them to go anywhere. Now the movement of the car kind of regulates them, calms them down. We get to the park. It's a brand new park. They start losing it again. They don't want to get out the car. What do you do, right? What do you do? If you don't understand that that's a neurological thing going on, then you just think it's behavior and your kid being an ass, right? So then you try to be empathetic and you try to be compassionate and lose the ego of like, I'm so frustrated and I'm exhausted and all the different things. Totally. Like, thank you, gentle and conscious parenting. Thank you for that. But if you don't understand that your child is having a hard time neurologically with transitions, with new places, with shifting from their safe home environment, with the stimuli revving their engine and completely dysregulating them, you're going to not be able to show up in the most gentlest and conscious way. Like you're just not. And so that is the part that is missing within gentle and conscious parenting. That is the part that is misunderstood. And that is why I believe it invokes so more, much more guilt and shame within our parenthood. Because then when we don't show up like that and we've just gotten through a meltdown at home to kind of get them wrapped into the car and buckled in, and then all of a sudden we're back at it and they won't get the F out the car to go play. You're like, it's a swing set. Like, let's go. Like, look, 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 look over there. Look. Oh, 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 I'll bring you snacks. Like, here you go. Here's some set. Come on. Let's go. Like, you're, you're done. Like, you're done. You are absolutely done for the day. But if you understand for those types of kiddos who are struggling, if you understand what's going on, you can show up in that empathetic place. You can show up in that lack of ego, right? Like you can do it because you understand that this is hard for their brain, not that they're being little shits. It is a completely, completely different level of understanding and awareness. And I got to tell you, this starts from the time your child is born. Any of you got some colicky babies out there? Like, yeah, like, mm, yeah. Did your kiddo sleep through the night? Was your kiddo like one of the ones that was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's been three weeks. Oh, we're so lucky. They're sleeping through the night. Great. I'm sure that child is pretty damn regulated, right? Like, woohoo. Like, they regulated pretty darn well from the beginning of time. Now, the ones who are colicky and, and, and farted all up on you for 30 minutes after you're burping and then like, oh my gosh, we finally got a full bottle down and then they're projectile vomiting. If you had preemies, their nervous system is not yet developed. If they were in the NICU with the dinging and the poking and the prodding, that's going to do a number to their nervous system. Yeah. If you had any type of 
issues with feeding going on or any type of issue with maybe your kiddos were clingy. Yeah, clingy and they really struggled to go to daycare. They really struggled more than others to go to play group or this or that. Take those as a sign, not as a phase. Yeah, like not all can be fixed with gentle and conscious parenting. Now, if we have the awareness of how to support our children from that neurosensory lens of like, okay, I see that leaving the home is really a big struggle for my son this morning. Okay. What I can do is support my child and understand that this is totally hard. They don't mean to do this. Of course, they want to go play with their friends, but this is hard for them. Yeah. We can do so many different things like setting up the situation and prepping the situation. I can help you understand what needs or can happen to support your child and help them learn how to long-term independently support and regulate their nervous system. Now, as a 37-year-old, I did this for myself about four to five years ago-ish, I would say, and my world has turned absolutely upside down in the best way, okay? I was one where I couldn't stop moving. I still can't stop moving. I have like ants in my pants all day long. Yeah. If you are my client and listen to this, you know what I mean. I constantly am telling you I'm moving and wiggling all day long. I know that. I work out a lot. Yeah. I know that I crave movement into my body. I know that I crave and seek sensory input into my body. So when I was a little kid and I was dancing around my grandmother's kitchen or in the middle of down the aisle of a grocery store, which by the way, I totally still do that because it's baller and so much fun. I now know why, right? Like I know why, because I said, hmm, something's always felt different with me. Something has always felt like I was a little crazy, right? Like I was broken. I would very much say that that was my biggest wound and, and not as much anymore, but still like I'm the crazy one. Like I'm different. And I didn't yet really know how, right? Like I didn't want to sit in my chair at school. I School was hard for me. Like I had to work really hard educationally to get to where I am. Now, craziest part is I love learning and I can't stop putting down books, you know? Sorry, picking up books. But I now understand what my body needs and I understand how to support my body. And through understanding that and then feeling it, actually feeling it on myself, I can now support my children into feeling it on themselves. I know that both of my boys are completely different. One has a completely different sensory system than the other one. One requires more breaks. One requires more support with transition. One requires more holding hands, I, I guess you could say, walking through the regulation piece of life. Yeah, but he's done an incredible job step by step by step along the way of learning that. Yeah, like... Year by year, I see a tremendous growth in him and it's incredible and I'm so proud of him. And I know he has all the tools he needs to be able to support himself long-term. Long-term. Now, is it easy? No. Sometimes it's exhausting. Have I had to support big meltdowns? Absolutely. You betcha. Yeah. But like because of the science and understanding the brain, I knew that I wasn't doing it wrong. With conscious parenting and gentle parenting, it's still on the psychological level. 
Yeah. It is still the psychological level of like, I hope this is working. Like, I hope I was kind enough. I hope I was gentle enough. I hope I was loving and connecting enough. Like that's what they're telling me to do and what it helps, you know, raise a whole brain child. Like, okay, here we go. Like, got it. Like, oh, I get to teach you to be exactly who you, who you want to be. Well, if you're putting glass on the floor for me to walk in the room, that's not going to work. Right. What was going on with that child is that he was so dysregulated. He was trying to gain control of his environment by breaking things. Like literally the amount of like, think of like a lightning bolt going through your body and you can't turn it off. Yeah. If that's you as an adult, that's not fun. That's exhausting to live through. Exhausting. I could not turn my lightning bolt off. And I finally was like, oh my gosh, like, of course I understand it now. I'm going to apply this to myself. And I think that that's the biggest piece that we don't recognize within our parenthood, right? Another myth with like conscious and gentle parenting is like, you read these principles, you say, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. Now let me go show up this way. That doesn't necessarily work like that unless you've learned how to apply that same knowledge to yourself, right? Like, it, it doesn't just happen overnight. And then, like I said, I find that it, it, what it does is it supports you into feeling more guilty and shameful because you're not doing that. Like, oh my God, I'm supposed to be this like conscious parent. And I just yelled at them. I suck. I'm a terrible parent. I should be able to do better. And then you go to sleep and you cry and you feel terrible and you try to do better. And then the perfectionism brain kicks in and all, like, right. It's like, here we go again. Here we go again. Here we go again. Even the most conscious of parents have bad days. You, like we all do. We all do. But if you, instead of just having it at the psychological level of like, okay, I had a bad day. I should be able to, you know, X, Y, Z, show up this way to my kids. Like I'll do better tomorrow. If you can recognize, okay, I snapped at my kids because I am dysregulated. I snapped at my kids because I'm on overload. But I snapped at my kids because I haven't gotten sleep in three days. My body is exhausted. My brain and my body is actively reacting to my nervous system and to my brain. And my brain is telling me I'm on overload. Ding, ding, ding. That's the smoke detector. Yeah. It's giving you a warning signal like abort. Yeah. Then you can say, okay, I don't need to shame myself here. I don't need to guilt and shame myself of how I showed up today. I need to understand that this is me and I need to support my brain and body before I can support my children in the most empathetic and conscious and gentle way. Yeah, that, that is the key. And then understanding if you have, you know, I talk a lot about the tornado style kiddo or the monkey or the one who goes from task to task to task or the one who can't sit still or all the different things because a lot of times they get a bad rap. A lot of times those are the ones who get picked on at school. Or not really picked on, but pointed out, right? Because they're not, quote, obeying or, or focusing and attending the way that, quote, they should. Yeah. But what about the one who sits in the corner and just, like, stares at a puzzle for hours and, like, isn't really interested in, like, extracurriculars or isn't really interested in activities or isn't really interested in, like, going to play dates or sleeping over or, yeah, like, eh, eh. Yeah, uh, that's fine. Those have an under-responsive sensory system. What? Huh? What does that mean? That means that they step on the gas the majority of the time, right? Rather than our gas pedals. Yeah. 
I'm a gas pedal. Vroom, floor it like all day long. Go, 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 go. Yeah. I've had to learn how to use that throttle so I don't crash and burn anymore. But for the kids who are sitting and attending, but yet they're like, mm, we need to learn how to rev them. Yeah. We need to learn how to throttle that so that we can step on that gas, get them into gear so that they can go do whatever they want to do, right? Participate, be part of the crowd, do X, Y, Z. Yeah. Like sometimes they need to be able to rise to the occasion so that they can, I don't know, let's say give a speech, right? Like I think we had to do oratory in um, middle school, right? Like where you learn or remember a, a book and then you you presented and all the different things. That was, that was not fun for me, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Anyway, those kids might be like excruciatingly uncomfortable to be in the spotlight, excruciatingly uncomfortable to show up in front of a crowd and to present or perform or all the different things. Others, if they're a gas pedal, right? Like they want to perform. They want to do the thing. They want to, yeah, like, woohoo, let's go. Yeah. All of this matters. Like all of the neuro sensory based understanding of the brain and the fluency within different parts of your brain and understanding those different parts is so, so important. Over the last year, I worked with a mentor and I've discussed him before. His name is Dr. Jerome. He does Enneagram-based parenting and Enneagram-based understanding of the brain. Yeah. And so we do brain maps and understand we are all of the numbers. You're not just a two or a one or a this or a that. We all have different makeups. And he helps you understand what part of the brain you are using in particular experiences or different presentations or behaviors with throughout your day, throughout your life. Yeah. And how to tap into the other parts. And what he explains is that it's all about fluency. Yeah. Like some areas of our brain are stronger, more fluent than others. Does that mean you can't increase the fluency in your brain in other areas? Heck no. That's what I've been doing for the last four to five years with my own brain. And that's what I do with every single one of my clients is help them either slow down the parts of the brain that are revved too much and increase the parts of the brain that maybe aren't functioning as strong or that strength area that you would like. Yeah. And that boils down to the personality of how you're showing up psychologically. But the brain is where it's at. It, that's where it's at, right? Like that's where parenting needs to go next. And that's where educators need to understand next. That's where clinicians, psychiatrists need to understand next. Yeah. And if you are wanting to learn how to utilize, and I'm not bashing, right? I'm not bashing conscious and gentle parenting, but if you're wanting to be able to utilize them in the way in which you aren't completely neglecting what's going on behaviorally or, or try to get a hold of what we need in order to thrive all of us in a household together, it must start with the brain in terms of you understanding your brain and you understanding your children's brain. Yeah, right? That's where it's at. So I think at the end of the day, the most important thing to remember is that trust your gut. And if you're guilting and shaming yourself and, and doing the conscious and gentle thing, and, and, you know, even, I'll even say it, like even Dr. Becky, good inside, she's like, no punishments. Well, if, if you know me and you've listened to my podcast or any of my work, 
natural consequences are more than okay. They are because they are teaching the brain, okay? They're teaching the brain to understand when it doesn't feel so good, yeah? Now, I'm not saying to put your kid in a room by themselves alone. That's a no. No, 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 no. They're not going to learn anything, like nothing. They're just going to be alone, yeah? But we have to be able to utilize the information we've been given within the brain and then be able to take steps accordingly, yeah? Like take steps accordingly to support the brain, It's about supporting the brain, right? That's where parenthood and that's where parenting needs to get to. And that's the bottom line is understanding your child's brain, understanding your brain will help you feel less burnt out and exhausted and depleted, support your brain and your body and your children's, yeah? So if you want more of that, if you want to understand more of that, I think the best thing to do is go to my website. I would say purchase the neurosensory-based foundational course that I just built. That is why I built that course, because instead of investing all of this money, I want you to be able to say, hmm, what's this about? Like, does this work for me? Like, do I want to invest my time and, and valuable resources into this work and understand this method and understand myself and support myself and stop the burnout and, and all of this so that you can show up as gentle and conscious, right? Like, This comes first. It has to come first before you can ever support your child in a consistent and empathetic and supportive way. You have to understand the brain. Yeah? So, until next time, XOXO, Dr. B.